I've got crazy hair, like. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 176 of Sapnin Podcast featuring my very handsome self, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan <laughs> Richards. And throughout this conversation, I'll be smiling politely as I'm dead set on living. This week's guest is <laughs> Cancer Bats frontman and Treadwell Clothing CEO, owner and designer, the so positive, I don't understand it. This week's guest is Liam Cormier. Liam Cormier is back on Sapnin Podcast, bringing his heaps of positivity as ever. I reckon he's got to be up there with one of the nicest people in, in music. And I know that phrase kind of gets used a lot, but he's, he's got to have the award for that, surely. Well, I mentioned later on, I compare two people to how polite he is. He's too fucking nice. But he's always been like that. And I know it's not fake. It's not like a fake thing that he puts on, because I know some people do these things and they just put like a fake front on like they're having a good time but Liam genuinely always seems to be having a good time and I don't know what the secret is and we do try our best to find out on this episode so you're gonna get some insight and hopefully this will pick up your mood start you perfectly for the weekend because as we know cancer bats are such a fun loving band since 2004 they've started in that really canadian hardcore scene they are mosh pit enthusiasts and they are back now with a brand new record called psychic jailbreak available next week on April the 15th. And with there being so much change behind the scenes with the band, putting out music on their own label, having members leave, join all sorts, we thought, why not get Liam back on the podcast to just have a great laugh, spread the positivity, and get secrets into everything going on. We talk about the really new dynamic, his straight-edged lifestyle, trying to find out what makes him angry, some absolutely insane festival moments, and some of the biggest names in rock and roll you probably weren't expecting him to hang out with. It's a beautiful conversation. We love him very, very much. Done a lot of stuff with him in the past, and he's a man you've toured with at festivals and stuff over the years yourself, Sean. Yes, literally. They are the nicest, nicest band in the world. I love that the Welsh in us was like, I know what we should do. We should ask him questions about times he's been miserable. <laughs> because we are so miserable all the fucking time. But well. yeah, we fucking love having Liam on. It was always good. We had a right laugh. And um, yeah, thank you to Liam and Cancer Bats for the music. This is very, very fun. I enjoyed this lots. Yes, I'm very excited for the future of Cancer Bats. And as we mentioned there, Festival Mayhem is gearing up to festival season, the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm very excited what? for the likes. That's Christmas. I, I, yeah, this festival season, really, though, isn't it? And especially 2000 Trees Festival returning to the UK in Cheltenham throughout July from the 6th to the 10th, and it's going to include... Headlangers, Jimmy World, Thrice are going to be there playing for Hisu in full. 
Idols, You Me at Six, and just recently, they announced a whole host of other acts playing the event. Twin Atlantic are going to be there playing an exclusive Forest acoustic set, Boston Manor, Nova Twins, James and the Cold Gun, Cassiette, and a whole host more. If you want 10% off your tickets, there's an exclusive code for listening to this podcast. Just head, uh, just head over to 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets and to the promo code SAPNIN for 10% off. That's 10% off all your tickets to go and have a wonderful time. And speaking of 2000 Trees Festival, they're putting on a gig this week in the London, Sean. Where St. Agnes uh, headlining, our good friends in St. Agnes. Are they being supported by Mimi Barks? Them, and I've got here a band called Raiders. Have you heard of Raiders? Raiders? That's my band. (gasps) Are we? We're playing the London. On Wednesday, the 13th 13th of April. Yes. In the underworld. Yeah. Oh, that means by April the 14th, I'm going to be a famous actor or singer then if we're going to (laughs) London. Amazing. Yes, uh, try and come along. Please come along. I'd like it. I'd like people. I'd like to see people there. Go online, find out tickets for uh, Saint Agnes, Mimi Barks, and Raiders at the Underworld April thirteenth. Please and get them now. Also, I'd like to mention at the start of this um, two thousand trees uh, mention, you said uh, returning to the UK two thousand trees <laughs> festival, um, and it's- I didn't realise the Ule festival had flown out to somewhere else. <laughs> It's returning for the first time in two years and it's in the UK in Cheltenham for any clarification there. But we should get on with the rest of this podcast. Quick plug oh, for our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, if you'd like to support all the rambles. But we'll get into all that later on. This is Liam from Counterbat back on episode 176 of Sapnin Podcast. Bat to the future. Bat once again. Bat once again with the Renegade Master, D4. D- Sorry, guys. Sapnin! Sapnin? You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sapnin! Sapnin! <laughs> Sapnin! <Yeah>. This week's <laughs> guest is a legendary frontman of the fantastic, fantastic Cancer Bats. This intro! <laughs> it was about to get better, yeah. And he's also um, <laughs> the owner, the designer, Treadwell Clothing, CEO. That sounds CEO, yeah. <laughs> CEO. Employ- I'm head of sh- I'm head of shipping. I do <laughs> HR. Head of marketing. <laughs> head of marketing. <laughs> All round human factory that is. Yeah, Liam team rider. Yeah. I'm the team rider. <laughs> How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. 
uh, this intro, I'm like, man, I didn't know I was such an epic dude. <laughs> well, oh, come yes. on, well, come on, come we... on. You know, you've been told that a few times. Yeah, we've told you before. I do love a like a gas up. I always laugh about like doing like a radio interview, and they're like, "I'm on the phone with absolute legend <laughs> Liam Cormier." <laughs> Liam, how you going, mate? And you're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. talking to him like where are you well i'm a legend in your area where where are you i need to yeah. even know <laughs> yeah i always say i always say that to people because i live out on the east coast of canada and i like meet like lots of people and they're like oh like oh liam plays in a band and they're like are you famous and i'm like well you don't know who i am so <laughs> like let's i mean we can put that within the context but um, in the words of Aaron Lewis from Stained, it's been a while. Um, how's things? <laughs> things are things are really good, man. Things in the back camp are good. Pumped, positive, stoked. About to put out a record. In my personal life camp, things are great. The sun's shining today. Ooh. Yeah, I was, I was hoping it wasn't going to take an epic turn in the middle. You were like, oh, bats camp, everything's great. And then my personal life is falling apart. Oh, yeah. no. oh, <laughs> no. Where's this going? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, lucky the record's coming out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm I'm so much like one to like wear my heart on my sleeve. So there's no way I would be like, everything with bats is great. But I feel like when everything is great with the bats, like life is easy. Yeah, literally. That's the thing, man. Like obviously it's been a while since we've talked to you. But one thing people always mention Anytime you do any press or anything like this, is you're such a happy person. You always like to do the positives, just have a fun time. And I don't want to start on a downer, but like there must be something that pisses you off. What 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 gets your gears going? Come on, it's gotta be something. Uh, <laughs> oh man, you know when when my coffee's empty, or you know, brother, when when the price of gas. I don't. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel, I feel like there's like, there's genuine things that I'm like serious about. Uh, and like, I have, you know, the state of the world. There's those things. Like, I'm not just like, Oh, <laughs> Australia's on fire. <laughs> That's super fun. Too bad for them. <laughs> oh, you guys had to deal with Brexit. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, That's true. Yeah, don't Sorry. remind us of that. Don't, don't remind us. It was funny until he made fun of us. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, when it was just Australia. No, so I, I guess that's the thing is that I never want to come across as like ambivalent to like the world's problems in being positive. But I do think that there's lots of moments where I like take in all of that and then like look at the perspective that I'm in and what I can do to like make positive changes in those things and then move forward in like a positive way. Cause I think sometimes letting those things like crush you. I mean, I not to be like, I'm an old hat at dealing with bad stuff, but I definitely, when I was like a young punk and I was feeling like crushed by like the weight of the world, like I was like majoring in sociology. I was like, listening to just like political punk nonstop. And I felt like I was just like Israel Palestine, like everything was like really crushing. And I was like, okay, but this isn't going to do any good. Like me just being stuck in this and being miserable also isn't going to solve the conflict in Gaza. Yeah. That's, um, that's kind of what, what I've done lately is I've told myself to stop getting angry and stop looking at so much political nonsense on Twitter and Instagram and stuff because I'd find I was going on there and then 10 minutes later, I'm fucking seething at everybody in the world. Like, and I, Yeah, and, and it's not how you then carry forward your day. Like, it's just like you and, and it happens. Like, we all have, like, moments where there's stuff that is going to, you're taking in all this information, like, more information than you ever have. But I felt like I had to make like conscious points to be like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to take in all this information, but I'm also going to go ride my, at that time, BMX bike. And I'm going to like, let this stuff like filter through. And then I'm going to figure out like a way from like a more calm kind of space. Cause when I was 20, I was just so pissed. I was like newly straight edge. I was so <laughs> mad. I was mad at everything. 
walked around listening to like raised fist and like earth crisis just being like (laughs) but that's the thing was was there like a vital moment that helped you just kind of balance everything out because as i say you have a really p- a positive look out on, on life but if people listen to your music they might not feel that way <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean for a lot of points like I try especially in with cancer bats like I've tried to like kind of like navigate some of those missteps where I think I've communicated too harshly because it's easy to fall into that when you're like playing heavy music people equal shit you know what I mean like <laughs> great but not how you know what i mean like i love listening to nails but like that's not how i want to like go through everything so i think that there's like a point especially for cancer bats where i was just like like writing dsol i felt like was like a big turning point because i was just like oh yeah i want to deal with like heavy subjects like about addiction and things like that but I also want to be able to do this in like a positive way. So I feel like it's, I don't know if there was like turning points or more just there's been like lessons along the way that I've been like, Ooh, I like blew it. Like the song sleep this away. I, that song is literally about being tired. Like it's about being tired and like pushing through, even though you're tired and like whatever. And tons of people thought that song was about suicide. I have like, I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm also not trying. And so I was like, I've misstepped. Like, I was like, I have not done my job in communicating what this song is about and like what people should take from it. I just made a song that people think I'm suicidal. So I was just like, Oh, okay. I I need to like actually take my job more serious in like writing this in communicating these ideas. Cause I can't be in everyone's bedroom. I can't be in Aurora, Illinois with no. you in your basement <laughs> to like write that. So I think those are those moments where I've like taken those lessons to be like, oh, okay, I need to like kind of come at this from like a different angle. Cool, you've done that and, and you, you know, you've had the thoughtfulness um, to do that. But also, I, is it on you? Because surely it's the, it's the reader or the listener who's listening to the lyrics and reading the lyrics. Oh, totally. Kind of, kind of up to them a bit as well, isn't it? I think it's, yeah, I think it's on both parts. I think if you're, if you're like thinking of that though, if you're like not say that you need to make all of your lyrics like as explanatory and base as possible, but if people are, are totally getting the wrong impression from what you've written, I personally was like, I don't think I've done this right. (laughs) But I hear what you're saying. Like, I want everyone to interpret things. And I think also in a lot of ways, like writing a really personal, song then people can like take their own interpretations from it like road sick is maybe about one thing and somebody else takes it as something else like sorceress a lot of people think of that song as like a breakup song and it like helps them get through and i was like it's just about somebody that i don't like but if you like it as a breakup song like totally go in your car and blast it i'm glad for those moments but i feel like in some cases oh i don't want to portray the wrong thing yeah well, that's, that's, that's the thing. So many records in, you've, we've written so many songs for different projects as well. And I'm sure it's just interesting to see how certain tracks escalate or just perceived or just what people think of, of, of certain bands as well. Like I'm sure you've dealt with that a lot over the years. Yeah. It's interesting to see like even being a long haired, like bearded guy and like people being like, you don't drink. I get that all the time. I'm I'm the one people come up to in the clubs or, or like outside in the smoking area or whatnot and like just demand cigarettes and stuff. I'm like, I don't smoke, I don't drink nothing. And they're like, well, what, are you they do, look- what are you doing out there? What are you doing out there then? <laughs> what are you doing in the smoking in, area? Interacting with my friends. The music's too loud inside, Sean. Have you been to one of these clubs? <laughs> You're trying to get passive cancer. You're trying to get passive cancer. That's what you're yeah. To no. be fair, you look like the guy who would have the good drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. I've been uh, called worse things, Liam. So I'll, I'll <laughs> definitely take have it. Have you though? Have you though? Not by a guest on this podcast, you haven't. Not no. by a guest yeah. on this podcast. Not by a guest. Just yeah. by you. Just by you. But. <laughs> that was it. 
legendary frontman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, the problem is now he edits all this, so that yeah, that, that intro is gonna be something, something. Liam Cormier, and that's it. And that's it now. <laughs> oh wow! Funny enough, speaking of that kind of when people are shocked that like you don't drink or drugs and all that, you mentioned being straight edge, and that's being such a big part of your life now for such a a long time like that transition was it kind of strange to to get used to uh, and you know being in a touring band like Canterbats who are out on the road so many times a year when the world isn't on fire I'm sure it's kind of hard to keep up and stuff like that so what was really the transition like for that and what really gave you the green light to want to try that lifestyle um I mean for me when so I'd already like drank and stuff before um so when i decided to be like straight edge be sober i was 21 it was like oh i already knew what i was like missing out on you know what i mean which i wasn't concerned with i was like done these have all been <laughs> experiences that i've had <laughs> yeah. i'm Completed. good check check yeah yeah i was like oh great i know what that feels like i know what barfing in a field feels like great i got it <laughs> i nailed it but, uh, also by the time cancer bats was like touring and playing shows, like I had been sober for like four years. So I think that also was like a big enough time to be like secure in that. And I mean, my big thing was that like, what, what kind of like really got me into the whole scene was that so many people were like actually taking like music seriously and art seriously and like doing all these things like riding bikes and actually like taking part in all this stuff. So when I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to stop drinking. And then I met all of these like straight edge kids basically who were just like, we have a blast all the time. I'm moving to your city. I'm like, <laughs> just, and that was the thing. I just like moved out of my hometown and like went to this city where there was like tons of people making music. Yeah. So it was like, for me, it was just like, Oh, this is the positive shift and kind of like, to what you were asking before that was also, I think when I was like shifting my brain out of being in this, like kind of like negative state. Cause it was like around when I was like 21 and I was like starting to be like, I think this is more of a vibe. And then like going to Toronto and like meeting more straight edge kids there. It was just, this is sick. And same with Scott and I linking up to, uh, to start cancer bats. Like he was also uh, straight edge. So it was just the two of us in the beginning. And then our bass player was also straight edge. So it was like, oh, we're like basically this like straight edge stoner band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Did you ever find it strange like over the years though? Like I'm, I obviously now most touring parties and bands are kind of that way inclined and vegan or vegetarian and stuff like that. But I'm sure like early on there was maybe some crossover where people were shocked or like, treated you differently maybe for 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 living that lifestyle while being on the road yeah i think there's a lot of people that were always because it was such like in hardcore like straight edge was always such like a uh, prevalent like idea and then over the years i've definitely like because there's tons of people that don't know what straight edge is so i just tell people i'm sober and they're just like great mm -hmm. that's awesome instead of being like okay there's this movement we love the <laughs> yeah. letter x Especially like a hammer and a wrench. That's sick. Check out this swatch that it cost me $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then down the line, you're just like, oh, I'm sober. And then every bartender is like, cool, here's the soda water. Like, oh. I feel like everybody's like really supportive. And then now fast forward, I feel like most bars have tons of like alternatives to booze where that if anything it's just gotten easier i feel like the scene has become more chilled out yeah very much so it seems to be more alcohol free alcohol than ever now i think I guess. <laughs> yeah and really good stuff too well liam let me tell you this i've i've recently discovered a mocktail and it's changed yeah. my life. Jesus fucking <laughs> christ <laughs> it's like doing a podcast with a 13 year old boy <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just true it's true I've recently discovered <laughs> mocktails fucking hell rock and roll you are Mog. rock and roll I, you know, that's what you that's what you get on this podcast but Liam we should get in 
the cancer bats because there yeah, is so best. <laughs> the record's coming out. The record's coming out next week. Yeah. Is, did they send you a digital? Did they send you fellas a digital shred? Have, have you heard it? it? I have not. It. I think no? we Do you not have it? I stamp it now. Uh, but there's so much we should talk <laughs> no, about. No, 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 no. What? Have you had it? <laughs> I've had the singles. I've had the singles. There is a lot we should get into with the band, really. I mean, it's a, it's a strange time because the new record comes up, but there's been a lot of talk about Scott leaving the band and this kind of whole yeah. internal pressure within. I mean, what is it kind of being like for you guys behind the scenes with this transition? Or is it something just kind of natural? Did it cause you by surprise and you've had to deal with it? Can you just talk to us about the whole ins and outs of the situation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it... It ended up being a pretty natural thing, I think, because we had all this time off. Um, and for us, we're all like physically separated. So we live essentially like all across the country. We're like 20 hours drive from each other for like jamming and any of those things that we were working on it. It was each person had to be kind of like doing their own homework, but also like Mikey has kids Scott has a kid. Scott's also, he had moved and he was like building a new studio. So it was kind of like understood that those guys were busy. Jay and I, and we've been doing this for the last like few records where like Jay's a phenomenal guitar player. So we were like, yeah, man, if you have like riff ideas, like when we started writing searching, it's definitely like whoever's got the riffs, like let's bring it to the table. Cause we got to make some bangers. <laughs> and so by like searching, we definitely had, a lot of, uh, sorry, Mikey's calling me. He was trying to telephone me. He's like, wow. don't say anything. Everything is fine. Everything was fine. So yeah, so the last record, Jay wrote tons. And because everybody was doing things, like there would be times where I would play drums, Jay would be playing guitar, and we would just start some of the basic kind of like bones of the songs. And then... You know, that's how we started Gatekeeper, Winter Peg. Like a lot of the like tunes on the last record were just like, okay, we'll just get this going and then everyone can have a bit of a direction. So when it came time, like when we were like, oh yeah, tour isn't going to happen. Like, okay, cool. Like we'll start writing. Jay was just hanging out, riffing, adding them to like our shared Dropbox folder. And I have a drum kit in my basement here out in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So I was like, oh, I'll play some drums. Like, that makes me want to sing, you know, a lyric. So it was kind of like fun in that, like everything was more relaxed. Uh, and we were just like, yeah, like Mikey and Scott will just like add their things in as we go. But then as like kind of time was going, we were sort of like asking Scott, like, just like, what's up? Like, we haven't heard a lot from you. Just like, oh, I'm just super busy. Like I have this and that. Like, okay, cool. And then we kind of check back in and be like, Hey, what you? and he's like, Oh yeah. You know? And then I was like, this feels like you're kind of like more into the, and kind of, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And it ended up being really like, it, it was like that chill. Uh, I think again, because when we were separated everything was more just like, yeah, man, like that makes it's, you're obviously like really into working on this studio and working with these bands and we're having a blast, like making these songs. Like we were honestly, we were like not worried because like the songs were shaping up to be as rad as they were. Like at that point we had finished. Well, you haven't heard the record. <laughs> 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 Tell us anyway. so so we had finished a lot of the the key songs that are great that you'll hear in two weeks so we were already feeling really like confident um for that so when scott was like i'm gonna i'm gonna step down we probably had about like 70 percent of the record i would say written and so we were like oh okay cool like we're just gonna keep going forward like we had already booked the studio we had already like kind of like set things up in motion. So we were just like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I think also because we had written hail destroyer, we sort of did the same thing. Like we didn't have a bass player. So we just wrote it as a three piece. And in a lot of ways, it kind of makes it easier 
there's just, you know, less ideas floating around. You're just kind of like, okay, we're just going to like streamline all of these. Yeah. We'll just go for it. But the other side too, was that I think Jay was in like Toronto was like the most locked down city. So in a lot of ways, like Jay kind of keeping himself sane, riffing and playing guitar. So it, it, it kind of was like the better timing for that. I think in probably the same way that like Scott just like got stuck in building his studio. You know what I mean? It's like in those times where stuff was like really kind of nuts. It was like, well, I know I can do this and it's going to feel great. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, I totally get it. Like, just go for it. I was like, I'm going to ride a dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> right. Does that mean um, Jay, Jay's playing the guitar on the record? Jay's playing guitar, bass, baritone, extra shreds, solos. Every guitar is Jay. Awesome. Wow, awesome. Nice. Well, yeah, I guess that leads us to our next question. Like, um, You're like, what does it sound like? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. uh, no um, the beginning of Lonely Bong, well, all of Lonely Bong is absolutely hilarious, the video. Please, if you listen to this, go and check it out after this. The fucking, the beginning had me howling because I was absolutely, as soon as I saw Wade, I was like, oh, he's definitely in the band. And that <laughs> fucking moment in the video, it had me crying. I sent it to my girlfriend, right, who, who sadly does no cancer bat. And she was like, I don't get this. And I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> this is cheap. This is fucking, this is hilarious. But yeah, I've seen that, because um, obviously in that video, um, Stevis turns up formerly of The Chariot and uh, Fever. From rumors I've read online, he's going to be your stand-in live guitarist. Is this true? Yeah, yeah. So, Stevis is going to rip with us. Uh, and he was someone that we had... Well, I'll, I'll explain first of all. It's funny because I think the video was like our... Everyone's been asking us who this guitar player is, so we'll make a joke out of that. But the funny part was that I think because the video is really funny... It's still kind of vague whether Stevens is actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 literally, no, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> which I like. I kind of like that. Like things are open, uh, but no, Stevens is definitely going to be ripping uh, more shows with us, and be, it, kind of like as many shows as he possibly can uh, is how we're going to do it because he is still in Fever Three Three Three, and they have lots of like they're touring with Corn and they're they're doing. They're doing their thing. So the one thing that we did, we also, because we're like, man, this is new bats, baby. We can do whatever we want. Like we had two guitar players on our last like run of shows and it was sick. And we were like, oh, you know what? Like, let's keep rolling with like two guitar players. Our friend Katie Lamond, who actually I know from Halifax, she plays in this band called Like a Motorcycle, which is like a cool punk band. Uh, and so she's going to be coming on the comeback kid, uh, run and hopefully as many shows as she can as well. Nice. We just basically grab people that we think are fun <laughs> and have good sense of humor. Yeah. Katie and I skate together. So I was just like, Oh, you should also come on tour. Cause we're going to skate a lot. <laughs> and she was like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, like yes, awesome. people who skateboard, that's what I want. <laughs> Those are my priorities. <laughs> yeah. That's the main thing. But like saying that, obviously you've seen so many changes in the industry and just with cancer bats since the band restarted in 2004. But like, is there, a way you see cancer bats differently now in 2022 like how would you really describe the band's kind of ethos and just behind the scenes like stature compared to when you first got it started i think i mean when we first first started we had like no clue what we were doing <laughs> <laughs> but i will say that like in a lot of ways now has come like full circle because we, we definitely have way less pressure on ourselves for like, I think having Scott, you know, step back and the response from all of our fans and everybody being like, hell yeah, like whatever you guys need to do. And I was just like, oh, this is sick. People are super pumped. They're super supportive and they just are looking to have fun. So like people know that we're not going to come out and be wasted or like, have some bogus version of our band. Cause like we love this as well, but it also makes us feel like there's a bit more freedom, you know, in like whatever incarnation of the band, like obviously we're going to get somebody sick, like Stevis to come and rip, 
and that's going to be super fun. But he, if, if he can't do that tour, like cancer Brats is still going to rip. And like, I'm confident in that. Like Jay's, even if we, I know it couldn't happen, but even if we were just a three piece, like it would still be chaos, you know, like it would still be like a ripping party. So, I mean, I'd love to try that actually once <laughs> one time. I really want just like Jay to play everything through like a big wall of cabs. <laughs> he needs, um, yeah. We had, um, we had, this is a mad sentence. We had Steve Vai on the podcast, right? Whoa. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Two months ago. And he's got, he's got a guitar on the Hydra, which has got like, it's a bass, um, a seven string, a harp. <laughs> yeah. 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 And some of it, oh, imagine Jay just and ripping like, a bass. Yeah. Jay should, uh, yeah, tap Steve Vai up. Perhaps Steve Vai's got a space. Ask for the Hydra. About, yeah. I saw the Bronx play once as a three piece. And that worked yeah. fantastically. So Yeah, it was just Joby and Jorma, right? And then Matt in the middle. Yeah, see, I remember touring with Bronx in 2007, and they told us about when that happened. Because uh, that was back when they were just a four-piece. Yeah, they were opening for Lost Profits. They were opening for Lost Profits in, um, uh, in the UK. I think the bassist's father was ill. He had to go home, and then they cancelled playing... I think it was like, it was Brixton or somewhere like that. No, it was the Astoria, maybe. They put themselves up in a bar on the corner called the Metro, put on their own show, and it was the most punk rock thing I've ever seen in my life. So we should probably do it. We could do it once. Yeah. <laughs> we should do it. Yes. Have a laugh. Have a laugh. It'll be, it'll be interesting not, to say that. Have you not thought of doing um, what all of the youngsters do today and put it all on track oh yeah that that chestnut <laughs> <laughs> oh it grinds my gears it drives me i mean i i'm happy for everyone to of course you are liam you're the nicest person in rock <laughs> you make dave Grohl look like hitler <laughs> <laughs> but i think like i yeah for me as like a 42 year old man that's i just would not i I think of it more in like the selfish way that like that wouldn't pump me up even in ears when you like see a band and they're playing through like no cabs and I'm like, but you can't feel that energy that's coming from a loud, like when Jay's rig is like when he's sound checking and he's like, I'm like, let's fucking go. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're no. going to crush people's souls. And then I want to bring myself up to that level. Like, when Mikey sound checks and he's like, and you're just like, yeah, like, we're going to kill right now. If someone was like, I'm not like, yeah, I don't know. But I think that's, again, like, that's that's me. That's my... Those are my 42-year-old bones that need to get. <laughs> uh, well, in that time, it obviously goes without saying that you guys have done a lot of really cool things and didn't a lot of opportunities maybe that other bands would be like, are they crazy? Like, what, what's made them do this? And one that comes to my mind is the time you played, was it five shows in one day in London? Oh, the, the pentagram. It was six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, six? Jesus. Wow. Because we started and finished at the Old Blue Last. Ah, uh, there's got to be something, though, you've done over the years with the band and gone, were we mad for doing that? <laughs> like, is Some of the, like, double and triple shows, the thing, like, we played two sets the next day after we did the six show. Like, that's the other side that's, like, <laughs> nuts. Like, we went and played, like, a Bat Sabbath set and, like, a Cancer Bat set in the same day. And, like, nobody talked about that either. Those are some of the moments where you're like, at least like the six shows was like epic. And like, th that was like 10 years ago that we did it. But I think some of the moments where you like really haul to like make, I don't know, some like road dog fantasy come through. And then you're just like, nobody knows that we slept in the van to like go from like Ireland to, you know, like Leeds. You just end up playing like a weird, goofy set where you're like, we could have had a day off and it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that, that's the thing with that. But on the flip side, I'm sure there's loads of opportunities and just things you've done where you think that has been absolutely incredible that you kind of can't comprehend that you've been able to 
to kind of do? I mean, just kind of touring with some of your favorite bands, playing huge festivals. I mean, what what some of the highlights for you when you look back and you have time to reflect that you're like, well, I'm, I'm really glad we got to, got to do this. I think even just the fact that people took a chance on us, like from really early on, like I think of some of the touring that we got to do in 2007, when like we had just put out one record based on the fact that we had a lot of people vouch for us. Like Alexis on fire was like in our corner. Comeback kid was in our corner because we were doing all those tours. We got to like get on rise against in the Bronx, like all around like Europe and the UK. Like we got a lot of those like cool shots because people were like, Oh yeah, these guys seem cool. Like we'll do that. And it was like, Oh, you guys tour with the Bronx. Like you should tour in Australia. We're just like, what? I feel like all of those like moments like that really started like getting the momentum going. I felt like those kind of shots, like that's what I'm like really thankful for. Cause I like looking back, I'm like, Whoa, that was a gamble on everyone's part. Like we were trying to hit the ground running, but like Oh five, like we didn't know what we were doing. So like to have that translate by 2007, but I think that's what like really pushed us to then, we were touring on birthing that we like didn't really know what we were doing when we wrote it. So I think that was what like really pushed us to make hail destroyer and to like actually step up to these like opportunities to be like, Oh, we're touring with like really big bands that are like hitting it. And we have songs that like no one has even any idea what I'm saying. Like, okay, I should make like, I should make like a song where people like can sing along to it. Even though everyone's, thinks that that lyric is hell hell destroyer i'm like yeah. no hail we're yeah. hailing the destroyer don't worry it's fine you can sing along in the pit uh, as long as they're moving that's all that matters that's all that yeah matters. as long as you pit that's really what i realized <laughs> i was wondering have you ever um have you ever met ozzy osbourne uh we did we gave uh black sabbath like a kerrang lifetime mm. achievement award thing we like took a photo with like ozzy but we got to actually hang with like geezer and Tony, like Ozzy was like ushered off to do press. And then like Tony Iomi like turned to us and was like, so what's up? And we we're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and those dudes were like total dudes. Like they were just like two guys in a band hanging out with some other like band guys. And it was the sickest. We probably like chatted with them about just like festivals and touring and like what we were doing that summer we were like chatted with them for like probably 10 or 15 minutes. And then they had to go and they were like, all right, we'll see you. Maybe we'll see you guys at rock and ring. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I was what? like, for yeah. sure. There's no way we'll be allowed where you guys are. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is there any, um, yeah. Is there any other, um, massive rock stars, I guess that you've met who have been lovely or have surprised you or you weren't expect or people you didn't like previously that turned out to be good guys. Uh, I think we're pretty, I mean, we're pretty lucky to have met some like pretty chill, you know, people. I feel like because we're also a little bit older, I think of that as always being like, oh yeah, like cancer bats, they like get it. They can hang. Like when we got like, kind of like the Guar tour, like that was like a big one. Cause I saw Guar when I was like 16 years old. Devil Driver, basically, who we'd toured with before, like Dez was like, yo, the Cancer Bats guys can chill. Like, they're good dudes. They don't party. And Guar was like, okay, sick. <laughs> Guar is like one massive yes, monster. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we got to like, I felt like that was like a crazy one, was like meeting them and becoming friends with, like, I can actively say I'm friends with Guar. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's mad. I, li- I like the idea of Dez having Dez having to phone them up and be like, yeah, they don't party, they can chill. They've also never stolen anybody's fake heads as much as, uh, as long as I've known. So I guess they'd be perfect for touring with you <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> They've never stolen a costume before. They're good, they're good, they're good. Yeah. Dez is also super chill, like, to meet somebody. Like, because we, we met Dez in 2007. We played right before Devil Driver at Download, like our first ever Download. He was just like, like, oh man, sick. That was heavy. We're like, whoa, <laughs> sick. And like, Dez was always just like a dude who was around and was just like, he'd be on a radio station and he'd be like, oh yeah, the new Cancer Bats, play the new Cancer Bats. And I was like, man, Dez is a fucking oh, dude. Fair play. Wow. That's really cool. 
But but going back to the Black Sabbath stuff, I mean, obviously, Black Sabbath, you've done a lot of uh, tours with that. But like, do do they know? Like, have you ever been confirmed that Black Sabbath know that like you do that? Well, I mean, that, that like- was why we were kind of like, uh, like giving them the award. Like, I think that was like, obviously these dudes. And then I got to do like an intro on the spot. I was just like put on the spot. They were just like, you're going to intro it. And I was like, (laughs) but, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm sure there's like ones that people send them like more often, like Mac Sabbath or like Zach Sabbath. Yeah. Those those guys get all the headlines. (laughs) (laughs) We need a Sabbath off. Yeah. I was thinking that there should be like a Zach Sabbath, Mac Sabbath, Bat Sabbath show. Oh my God. Imagine that tour. Yeah. We just like all figure it out so that you can have like a full night of like Sabbath. Yeah, nobody pl- yeah no, there's no doublers. Nobody no plays one plays. Twice. Yeah. They can, yeah. They can play Snowblind. We'll play Into the Void. That would be very good. That would be very I'm good. I'm not a marketing genius, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, but you want to sell some tickets? <laughs> There's no Listen. way people would miss that show. No, no, they would not. They would not. But like you mentioned um, Mad Festival moments there as well. Obviously, we're gearing up to festival season. You're going to be coming to Slam Dunk in the Slammy UK this, this summer. Um, but like you're you're veterans of the the festival circuit over here, two thousand trees, download, reading, you've done them all. What's some of the um the maddest experiences you you've seen with that? Because I always feel like UK festivals is like a second home for you guys, really. Yeah, I mean, back in the heyday of like the the like Leeds and Reading pit stage, like definitely some wild because that was such like a like a crossover kind of festival. So there'd be, you know, like mainstream kind of acts like on the, on the main stage, but then there was always the like gnarly pit stage. But I remember the year that like no effects did like a surprise set at the like pit stage when they, I don't know if they still do the like surprise bands, but no effects just like there we're standing on stage. They're just like ripping tunes and like, I'm standing next to like Butch Vig Wow. You know, or like something like that. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> that's kind of what I love about like, cause like at festivals, like when it's like, everyone is like genuinely like fans. We played a, I forget. I think it was with full force fest entombed. We're playing. And we were like all like everyone on stage was like, Oh my God, we're going to like watch entombed. And it was like us and like the people from Kailasa and like Jay was like, you know, like doing his thing and like air guitaring. And he looked over Max from Sepultura, like uh, Max Cavalera is also air guitaring. <laughs> and I was like, this is the sickest thing. And they're both, li- they both like laughed. You know what I mean? Like where your hands are just like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is a really amazing moment. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it just it just makes sense. Well, Liam, we won't keep you too much longer because you know you're very busy behind the scenes gearing up for the release of the album. I'm I'm sure you're a very busy bee. But um, one thing I've kind of got to ask you. I did ask you this last time you came on the podcast. But every now and again, you get random comments about the Axe Wound project you did with yeah. Matt from Bullet For My Valentine and just the Ten whole years super ago. Group. I wanted to ask you, do you think that will ever happen again with the band or is it just kind of like, it was just a one-off random album project we did and we'll never speak of it again? Like, well, Yeah, I mean, I feel like I speak of it often. <laughs> 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 I'm like, ah, I don't know. I had a blast. I still got those camo shorts. Like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I've still got the full outfit, the camo shorts. Is the honus on Tucky? Is it up to Matt Tuck if it happens again? Or I mean, it was it was always him and Jace. It was their project. Um, and they recruited me. So they had written all those songs. And then they were like, we should get Liam to sing. Which I was like, hell yeah. And I like hopped on a plane and like ripped over. But uh, again, I think because, yeah, because it's their kind of band, 
it's definitely up to them. But yeah, I'm down. I'm so down <laughs> to, to like play like a handful of shows again, like just in the UK or like a real like like a two week little rip. I because I I genuinely like had a blast. I think everybody in that band is super fun. Like I really like you know hanging out. Like the whole experience was like super fun and positive. Uh, but I think it's just, it's always been a thing that everyone's just been super busy. Maybe if there's some bullet downtime in those guys, I bet Jace, I bet Jace could play all of those songs tomorrow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like just he's such a phenomenal yeah. drummer that he's, just be like, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know, put the pressure on. Oh, we will. We will. When, when Matt eventually comes on, we'll, uh, we'll give him all the pressure. Don't. Don't you worry, was, but yeah. When Matt Tuck stops being scared of coming on Sapping <laughs> Podcast, <laughs> I'll push out on him. There you go. It's okay now, and hey, you've got to come on It's in the universe. It's in the universe. But um but with all that, man, I mean obviously new record comes out now next week. You're gonna be back over in the UK for Slam Dunk Festival. Where else can we um keep an eye out for? Where else is in the bag? Is there anything you'd like to promote? What's going on with uh, Trade Law Clothing? I mean, I'm not even wearing, I should be like head to toe, like NASCAR. <laughs> I definitely messed up. Uh, stuff with Treadwell's going sick, but because it's just me that does it, uh, now that Cancer Bats has been so busy, like I'm still doing it. I still have like stuff, but it probably won't be until like we get this record out and like finish a couple of these tours that I'll like be getting back on it. But I love it. It's like a fun way to like just make, like goofy, positive motorcycle related art. I feel like I'm slowly branching into skateboarding just cause I like skate all the time. Uh, in the same way that like, I feel like Treadwell also is now like kind of coffee adjacent because I drink so much coffee. It's like, Oh, I'll probably end up having some skateboarding in there. Cause I just skate now all the time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, super fun. If people watching are interested in coffee, motorcycles positivity skateboarding giza <laughs> safala <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time man it's always a pleasure to see you yeah i love being on this happening pod are you guys gonna be at slam dunk are we gonna do a slam dunk we will indeed and we'll um, have to grab a, a, a good photo with you there and hang out and just have a have a yeah. laugh. Maybe maybe do some air guitaring of our own to uh, <laughs> to some bands. Just touching, just like <laughs> it's real. We'll just it's real. Yeah, embracing each other. <laughs> I'll be like this. I'll do the interview like this. Yes. <laughs> Great question. Uh. One mic between us, just in a tiny yeah, yeah. Circle. The three of us. <laughs> make it happen we'll nice. make that happen we will make we're that happen we're not scared of cooties we're just gonna have that one red microphone cranked <laughs> there hasn't been a virus scaring oh. you oh. all three of oh. our lips touching the phone <laughs> at the same time great question great question <laughs> I'm in anyway yes thank you for doing this thank you for the music thank you for the positivity because yes the world fucking needs it more than ever and you are a shining beacon of light. So um, I appreciate you very, very much, brother. And um, yes, can't wait to see you with Slam Dunk. And, yeah, uh, thank you, guys. I'm, op- I'm hoping the record's as good as the singles I've heard so far. And if it is, <laughs> fucking ripping. It's fucking ripping. I'll send, I'll, I'll send you the link after this pod. And then you're going to be like, oh, I had so many more questions. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ah! Cheers, boys. <laughs> Yes. Woo! Is he the world's most positive person? Oh, he's got to be. Like, the amount of pure happiness we get from talking to him is like none other. Like, we've had some really positive people on this podcast. We've had some very non-positive people on this podcast. But it always Hello? brings a smile to our faces. And it's just great knowing that he does that while writing some very, very heavy songs well, do make you smile, but um, mostly make me want to bang my head against other people banging the head. Nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, is he like, <laughs> back to my original question. Thank you very much, <laughs> Mr. Podcaster. Um, is he the most fucking hot, positive person of all time? Like, who do you know? Seriously, I think now, who's more okay. positive than him that we know, that we know? Um, 
positive dead air this, this is like a dead air we should give up on this now <laughs> look we're never gonna find it guys get in touch with us at Sapping pod on twitter and instagram to let us know the most positive person you can think of could be anyone could be anyone could be mickey mouse could be why did i go for mickey mouse and uh, not even <laughs> thought of the back uh, that's dreadful <laughs> Could be Liam, I'm not Goofy. I'm just could saying. Could be um, Donald. Are you just na- we're just recommending Disney characters, bro. <laughs> could be Buzz Lightyear. Could be. He's quite negative. <laughs> yeah. Not as negative as Woody, though. Woody's very negative when you think about it. We've How gone. We turn this into Toy Story <laughs> chat. Anyway, thank you very much to Liam. We fucking love having him on. As Morgan said, he makes me want to be a better person. Um, for about two hours after speaking to him, and then it dissipates back to my normal hatred of everybody in the world. And that's very, very true. But Canterbats will be releasing their brand new studio album, Psychic Jailbreak, next week on April the 15th. So make sure you go and pre-order it on vinyl, CD, listen to it on all the streaming platforms as you can. And they will be returning to the UK this summer for Slam Dunk Festival, and hopefully we can do another one of these in some form with Liam in the flesh, because the last time we did it with him was at Slam Dunk Festival for episode 28, I believe, and there's a great photo we've all got that we're going to be posting on our social media platforms at Sapling Pod in the week. But again, quick plug for festival season, 2000 Trees returns to Cheltenham in the UK this summer july 6th (laughs) and we're gonna have a very very good time headlangers jimmy eat world thrice idols turnstile and you me at six newly announced with a whole host of other acts including twin atlantic cassiette jamin the cold gun boston manor go and check out the full lineup at 2000treesfestival.co.uk and then for 10% off your tickets head to 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash tickets enter the promo code sapnin and as i said 10% off all your tickets weekend vip whatever you want make sure you get down but before that where should they be on wednesday april the 13th sean april the 13th wednesday you should be in the underworld in camden in london in england in the uk in europe on earth because my band get there early as well please please get there early because my band's on first my band raiders is playing and we are supporting mimi barks and the mighty saint agnes so if you like a bit of goth uh riffy dirty punk come on down and check out St. Agnes and then come and watch my band first. Be miserable. It sounds like it's going to be a very busy week because while all that's going on, I can't say much, but I'm going to tease something, Sean, because we have an announcement happening sometime within the next seven days that we'll be announcing on our social media at Sapnin Pod, but probably tell you about it secretly at patreon.com forward slash Sapnin first. That's going to be a big deal, and um, people should prepare for that because I don't know what the reaction is going to be like, and it might yes. it might um, result in me shitting my pants. Well, let's hope so, <laughs> innit? Also, I've just noticed your whispering voice sounds very much like someone who's been smoking cigarettes for uh, seventy years. So, well, All right, but, uh, I don't know why, but when you whisper, you sound gruffer. That's a bit weird, really, innit? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod for the uh, updates on everything going on. Send us ideas for guests or whatever who you'd like to hear on, things you'd like to talk us about or subjects you think we should talk about with guests at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And before we go any further, we've got to thank lots and lots of people who are involved in the making of this podcast via our Patreon. If you've ever wanted to support the guys and thought, do you know what? I'm quite enjoying this. These guys have entertained me for at least two hours. Well, guess what? You can give back to your boys. That's right, your boys at patreon.com forward slash sapnin, where there's a whole host of different things for you to check out there from other interviews we haven't put online, uh, photos of behind the scenes, videos from behind the scenes. Uh, you can get video messages. Um, yeah, there's a whole load of stuff. Check it out, patreon.com 
forward slash happening. And loads of those names you can find in the description of this episode. The wonderful people from our Patreon community. But Sean, as always, gives a mahoosive shout out to the elite members. Those are the people who are kind enough to be on the top tiers. And their names are the ones that are going to come out of his mouth. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever said the word massive properly on this podcast? Because I think people might actually think you think the word massive is actually mahusive. So could you just clear it up now by saying massive just once? Massive. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to these absolute legends. Thank you much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwaway. Janelle Caston, Paul Hirschfield, Mitch Perry, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Owen, Natasha Morris, Kelly Young, Emma Barber, Nathan Croshaw, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besant, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Campion, Amy Louise, Alexandra Pemblinton, Stuart McNaught, Chris Howard, Caroline Robinson, M. Evans Roberts, Joe Ackland, Jacob Etherington, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Craig Harris, Jenny Munster, Emily Perry, Jason Aredia, Kelly Cannon, Becky Andy, John and Emma, Kalila Keen, Ollie Amesbury, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Josh, my friend, owns a DeLorean. He drives it from time to time crisp. They don't do that, though, do they? they don't, only one of them does that. Huh? Only one of the DeLoreans does that. Huh? So that doesn't work, does it, Josh? Unless your friend is um, Michael J. Fox. Michael Jason Fox, of course. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Amadina Barno, Reese Bowring, Katrina Robinson, Kate Stevenson, Kyle David Smith, and last by no means least, the mighty Connor Lewins. Thank you very much to all of those people. And as Morgan mentioned, in the description is loads of other names. They're all legends. We've created an unbelievable community of loving people. Somehow, appreciate you guys very, very much. Um, some would say love. Some would say love. But yes, thank you very much for listening. Um, is that it, Morg? That's that's basically it. We've we've uh, said a lot on this episode. No, Teddy, it's not drop. your favorite. Your favorite oh, segment. What? Your favorite segment. Ah, uh, is it my favorite? No, it's not going to listen. It's not going to be my favorite segment until it turns up. Anyway, here it is. Morgan, you better fucking be showing me a jar of honey on our screen right now. Are you? He's about to do something. No, not he's genuinely- quite. Not quite, but I have an update. I've spoken Fuck to Steve Vice people, and Fuck I've off. made sure that they have our correct address. <laughs> so, so basically, what you've done is you've emailed <laughs> stevevicepeople at gmail.com, right? I've gone, hey, guys, what's that? what it is, right? Steve once promised us some honey, and... um. Being the pathetic losers we are, we'd really, really <laughs> like Anani. So I'm just checking up that I did send you the right address and Steve hasn't accidentally sent it to one of my neighbours. Basically what you've done. <laughs>
they, they've got our addresses. So stay by. No, the answer's no. <laughs> Not yet. But that's the update. Play the theme. Cool. That was episode 176 of Sapling Podcast. I enjoyed that very much. I like the fact that you're going to keep bugging Steve Vai's people until they send us this honey, because he did promise us. And that's that's one of the things we'd like to um, say on this podcast is, if you promise things to people, <laughs> give it to them, man. Give it to them. Innit? Don't just give them hope um, and then just dash it away by not sending them the delicious, delicious golden dark nectar that you've promised that's that's very true we we take people by their words we like to have a fun time this is being all over the place thank you for listening i don't want to have to go around telling people steve <laughs> vi is a liar no no right? one wants to do that no, no so don't do be that. steve get us a bloody any asap <laughs> <laughs> i'm like winnie the pooh and i i'm just fucking mad for steve <laughs> vi's any like i just want to eat it and see if it gives me guitar skills I wonder how many people at festivals would just bring us a jar of honey now. That might be a thing. And we can just... Bro, you said this about ice cream in 2003s. And how many fucking ice creams did anybody on by us? I'll give you a clue. Zero. <laughs> it was none. Um, Nada. I'll, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take ice creams this Fuck year. All. Oh, yeah. I take ice creams every year. But you were convinced it was going to happen and it never came. So I just thought, I thought, I, as, as people do, I thought I would manifest it. Anyway, let's not stop getting to that. Let's just end it. Thank you for listening. (laughs) See you soon. See you next week. Why doesn't everybody who's read The Secret just manifest the virus to fuck off? Anyway, ta-da. Sapnin! Sapnin. (laughs) That's the fucking wildest end we've done, I think. Brilliant. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.